Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. All right, welcome in to Libservative. He, of course, as always, is Corey Walsh. And he is Dan Griffin. We're uh, we're celebrating our one-year pod-aversary this week, Corey. One-year pod-aversary. Although this is, uh, this is technically our 53rd episode, because we did release a very special episode earlier this uh, afternoon. Our interview with Tristan Taylor from Detroit Will Breathe. Uh, you're not going to find it on YouTube. You're not going to find it on social at this point. Uh, you got to go check out the podcast. Uh, if you're a live show listener, we talked to Tristan uh, as Corey just celebrates with himself over there. Is the day quill kicking in? One year, in? Dan. Is the day quill kicking in? Trying to tell people to go listen. Quill, yeah. Trying to tell people to go <laughs> listen to Tristan and you're absolutely besmirching his name. How dare you? You take that back. You take that back. You goddamn son you're, of a bitch. You're not just. You're not besmirching his name. But it was a, it was a fantastic conversation. <laughs> we uh we actually we have some disagreements. Uh, we talk a lot about uh, class as it relates to race and kind of you know co- systematic racism. Corey and I yeah, being I like white how guys we... and 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 us having different experiences and uh, about how we should be more understanding of those types of things. So go check it out. It, it yeah. was a fantastic conversation. Corey and I had a, a good time uh, doing it. So we hope you have a good time listening to it. It's conversations like that that help build understanding and help break down the cultural divides. And we plan on having plenty, plenty more. So check it out. It's going to be the latest episode. If you're watching live, uh, it's going to be right below if you happen to be listening to the podcast already. So uh, how are you celebrating this uh, this night, Corey? Are you, how, what are you drinking this evening? Dayquil. <laughs> <laughs> Corey's got COVID I again. I don't think I have it again. But I definitely have a little bit of a, a sniffle. That's how I wanted to do what my dear number 45th president did and just load up on Sudafed. <laughs> you try to stop the puck. <laughs> but I'm actually, no, I'm drinking an old-fashioned, a little bit of a celebratory drink for one year of Libservative, Dan. I'm doing the same. I'm drinking a, a special old-fashioned because it's got these uh, these beautiful... Uh, brandy cherries from Mammoth Distilling in Northern Michigan that we uh, we just checked out again, and uh, we I just have maraschinos. Yeah, you you do you don't have the delicious cherries. I'm a fucking peasant. Well, what you know what's really funny is anybody who's from outside of Michigan who's who might be watching or listening, and they're old fashioned drinkers. They're like, you put fucking cherries in your old fashioned. I think it's a Michigan thing. Is it a Michigan thing? I think it is. I've read that. You know, I read something along those lines that some people do the maraschino cherries, some don't. But when you look up like ingredients for an old fashioned, it is like a fifty fifty crapshoot yeah. of it either being cherries or not. We dr- we drink uh, we put cherries in our old fashions and we play a lot of euchre and say oop, <laughs> oops, sorry. And, oh, and did you did you eat? <laughs> did you did you eat? That's something we do. That's such a that's a Midwest, a very Midwestern thing. We mix. Did you eat all together? Did you eat? 
people from out of town are like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> um, speaking of this one year anniversary of this podcast that we are uh, hosting called Observative, you can find us on all of your social media and podcast platforms. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. On Facebook at Libservative, Twitter and Instagram at Libservative Pod, on Twitch at Libservative Pod. You can find our transcripts to our monologues at Libservative Podcast at WordPress.com. We are on TikTok at Libservative Podcast. You can reach out to us directly at LibservativePod at gmail.com. Like, follow, share, wow, did tell you, a friend. Did you finally write did you did you finally write yourself a script for that? No, it's the day quill. <laughs> <laughs> I recite it in the mirror every morning, Dan. We are going to start the show uh, well, well away from the Midwest because... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you it's just... going to be in a little place called Yellowstone. PSA real quick. Stay the fuck away from goddamn Buffalo. Oh, we're doing Yellowstone first? We don't even have a banner for it. I just wanted to tell our listeners to stay away from Buffalo. Should we should we start keeping account? <laughs> should we just start keeping like an annual account of all the people all of all the idiots that get gored by bison in Yellowstone like yearly? Jesus Christ, 3 in the last month. I they will fucking kill you. I don't get It's don't, a wild animal. I don't get why you don't just uh, you know, stay away from wildlife. I'm just looking out for our listeners. We don't got a lot. I don't want to lose any to a buffalo mauling. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I would actually be, I would, you know what? I'd be proud of that listener. They went out like a champ. We would change the name to, change the name of the podcast to his name. Buffalo Soldier Bill or whatever. We would, would, and we would drink nothing but Buffalo Trace for the rest of uh, eternity doing this show. Or Yellowstone. Is that a, is that a booze? That's a bourbon, yeah. Oh, I have some literally up in my cupboard right now. How do I not know that? We switch, combine the two. Yeah. Combine the two. Yellowstone and Buffalo. Uh, That actually might not be a bad idea. Buffalo Trace is spicy. I wanted to start in Georgia. Let's start in Georgia. Let's do it. Georgia. Georgia. A, a Georgia gubernatorial candidate's main campaign promise to blow up rocks. And somebody already did it just yesterday. <laughs> so you, you, you actually have this, this crazy ladies campaign, uh, campaign video. I do. Uh, Candace, I do. And Candace, I have it right here. Is it Candace Taylor? This this nut Candace Taylor, yes. Macadamia nut. This is this, this so this, this macadamia this, nut. This, this woman thinks that uh th- there is a, a new world order conspiracy. She's running for Florida governor, and she believes that the Georgia Guidestones are, or I guess at this point were, uh a demonic statue that is a what, basically a symbol of satanic worship, and we in, in her her, yeah, her, campaign ad, and... her campaign ad is about getting rid of rocks because they're demonic and uh, Georgia, we can't have that because uh, it, it's satanic and the, the world's going to be taken over by demons. So here's a further ado, Dan. Corey's got the video. This here's... is, this is, I got to see this again. I've seen this once. I have to see it again. If it plays. Oh, it's going to play. They told us what they wanted to do. Some might even say they had to get our permission to at least tell us ahead of time, even if we didn't believe them. Over 4 billion people have been injected with something that took just nine months to create. Ask yourself why. 
because science is good? Back in biblical times, human sacrifice was a form of demonic worship. We're still doing it in present day by killing our unborn. It's the same demons, it's the same sacrifice, it's the same sin. It's just a different time. This is a long shot in and of itself, running for governor against an incumbent. That's her and her silver Malibu on the way to the Guidestones. We don't call things out, and we don't acknowledge them, and we don't take authority and take dominion over what God's given us, then we are no better than the evil ones that put it up. We've watched as people have destroyed our history and monuments. (laughs) In their place, years of history, statues to their own gods. The new world order is here, and they told us it was coming. It's a battle far greater than what we see in the natural. It is a war. Take down those statues. Executive order number 10 (laughs) demolish the Georgia Guidestones. Do you ever shut the fuck up? (laughs) <laughs> so basically these georgia guidestones that's considered the uh the american uh stonehenge like these stones just showed up no one knows where they came from and just like and it just, just has a couple writings on it talking about how to like be better for humanity and this and that and stuff like that and for some reason a bunch of people think it's demonic and luciferian so the reason why we're even bringing this up, and it led me to that by chance, by complete, absolute chance, it led me to this because yesterday morning, someone went there and decided to blow up the the guide stones. And because of that, they had to end up tearing them down. It's probably Candace Taylor's campaign manager. I bet you it was because she posted on January 6th at like 10 a.m. June 6th. God is God all June by 6th. himself. He can do anything in all caps. He wants to do that includes striking down satanic guide stones. So she's claiming God did this. So th- it was funny when we were talking pre-show. I was like, you know, I am I'm all about liberty, right? And I I love the First Amendment. But when people like this speak, that's kind of when you start questioning free speech a little bit. Oh, see, I love it. I love it. It's like, yes, please speak more. Show me how dumb you are. I get it. I'm just joking. The smart ones don't talk as much. But I know that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. turn back. We've gone the wrong way. <laughs> like, maybe this free speech thing should have a second look. And I don't normally like to judge people by their accents, but she has like the type of Southern Bell accent that just screams idiot to me. And I, I apologize if that's offensive. I'm just, you know, it just, maybe yeah, that's, some, maybe that's some wrong thing going on in my uh, stereotype. And I say, did you? So did you eat? Oh, Hey, how are you now? <laughs> she probably thinks the same thing about me. That's okay. She can, <laughs> she hears you talk. Listen, this dumbass from Michigan. <laughs> she can over there drinking lead water. Any, you know what? You know what sucks though? Like we're sitting here laughing about it, right? Because it is, ridiculous but i'm sitting here at the same time a little bit fearful because people like lauren bobert and marjorie taylor green have been elected so i look at this and i go i don't know maybe this is the logical next step right oh isn't, like this maybe isn't it a little, or do you think uh do you think lauren bobert and marjorie taylor green are the high water mark or is that water rising Ooh, it's a, <laughs> it's a really good question uh, with the GOP, it's tough to tell. 
That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Who's your crazy? Who's your crazy you found? I found a crazy? Yeah, you're Oh, you're crazy, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Well, people know about this one already. It's that Grayton's turd, turd sandwich from... Uh, from from Missouri, the the rhino hunting guy. If you haven't seen this yet, most of you probably have. I'm Eric Brighton's anyway. Navy SEAL, and today we're going rhino hunting. The rhino feeds on corruption and is marked by the stripes of cowardice. Join the MAGA crew, get a rhino hunting permit. There's no bagging limit, no tagging limit, and it doesn't expire until we Join the MAGA crew. How many of these people do you think are grifters just riding off that whole MAGA movement versus people who actually believe it? I honestly, I think that's just it. You were actually the one who said it, so I'll give you credit for this. You know, it's it's guys that want to get, it's people that want to get famous. They're, they don't really Yeah, poli- politics has turned into this weird thing of people that want to just be famous to where like they want to be edgelords and just have their viral fame it's, it's none of these people know what they're gonna fucking do when they actually get into office and they because they don't know how it fucking works they just want to be famous it's interesting because the people that i've heard talk about this greitens campaign ad because it went pretty viral a week or two ago um and some people are, are are taking it very very seriously and saying you know it promotes violence and it's dangerous and all this stuff and i kind of understand that because I realize we just we just made fun of uh, Candace Taylor and we've made fun of Marjorie Taylor Greene and we've made fun of Lauren Boebert, but those are people that actually got elected. Enough people voted for them. Like, how different do you think Eric Greitens is than a Marjorie Taylor Greene? Right? Because she had like weird campaign ads with guns in them too, and she got elected. So I want to like keep it light and say that it's funny, but. It's really kind of not funny because we get more and more of these crazy idiots in in, in Congress. You think things are going to get better? Mm-mm. So it's interesting you're saying that because there is a silver lining. Uh, as we get more and more crazy state representatives into these different places in Georgia, because Marjorie's from Georgia. Yeah, she is. Lauren Boebert's from where? Where is she from? Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, so Marjorie's from Georgia. This Greitens guy's from Georgia. He's from Missouri. He's from Missouri. He's from Missouri. Greitens is oh, from he's Missouri. Missouri. Candace, yeah. Candace is from Georgia. Yeah, Candace Taylor. Maybe just throwing more power to the states and getting the federal government out of the way is the better route so these crazies can just sit in their own state and be fucking crazy and not have any effect on my life here in Michigan. Well, I mean, the, the thing that's so frustrating is like, does that make sense what I'm saying? It, like, let them be crazy over there, NIMBY, not in my backyard. Let me let me do a NIMBY thing here. It does. <laughs> it does. But as we know, like these morons affect all of us, which is which was which is which is to your point. I mean, and that, that's something that, you know, isn't going away anytime soon. But it, it it the thing that frustrates me about people like the two we just talked about, the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Lauren Boberts of the world is as somebody who is like a former like disenfranchised democrat it's more it's more frustrating to me because it's like yeah like i'd be open to like a decent moderate republican candidate almost anywhere i would definitely listen to somebody like that that wasn't a fucking maniac and the gop has this opportunity to grab people like me if they could get their shit together but they, right. they don't and they won't so it's funny you, know? you say that because I, I just said that to a, a guy I work with who's like very conservative the other day. 
I said, I could give two shits about which party it is. I just want someone who acknowledges uh, taking care of the environment and making moves to make it so we have fresh water and like nice, decent environment and conser- conservationalism, you know, conservatives, conserve. Um, where everyone in our country can work 40 hours and not have to rely on the government for shit and have a decent living and a decent wage. Uh, the government out of my back pocket and, and not in just the sense of taxes, because but not or not just in the sense of like the monetary value but also like literally in my phone in my back pocket with the nsa and things like that and i think that gay couples should be able to protect their pot farms with automatic rifles you just sound like a libertarian that did sound pretty libertarian didn't it but i still think that there's like there's still certain aspects where there's people in our country that are like the most vulnerable that need us as fellow citizens like if we're a country we're all looking out for each other we need to take care of our most vulnerable some people just don't have the means or the know-how to like do things on their own without a hand and i'm not talking about enabling people i'm talking about giving them a hand in a time of need to help them get out of a despair pull yourself up by your bootstraps yeah but we have to give them the boots first at least yeah they need boots or at least bootstraps right yeah, at the very least, let's give them the bootstraps to strap up first. You don't, you don't necessarily... That's kind of where I'm at with all that. You don't need the boots. Um, they can find their own goddamn boots. I know you didn't watch... Speaking of, since we're talking about gubernatorial races, yeah. I know you didn't watch the GOP uh, debate for Michigan. But let me tell you, I think Whitmer's a shoe-in. She's probably going to be our governor again in 2022. Well, and but that's an example of what I had just mentioned. You know, yeah. as, as a disenfranchised Democrat, I'm you know, if there was a a GOP candidate that even made a lick of sense, I would be oh, like a Candace Miller. <laughs> you mean a can a Candace? Is it Taylor or Miller? No, Candace Miller. Oh, oh God. I thought we were still talking about Georgia. <laughs> For no, no, no. I was talking about Candace Miller here in Michigan, yeah, the yeah. department of works, public works lady. That's actually really good, which anyone who doesn't listen to our show from Michigan doesn't fucking know what I'm talking about. But, it, but that's the thing is like, we talk about Michigan. They blew it. it applies because we're a purple state. You know, we, have, yeah. We have, in a red state, you might be able to get away with that shit. Yeah. Not in a purple state. Yeah. It's, uh... And all of these guys think that, so like last night in the debate, all of these fuckers think that the election was stolen in 2020. They think that abortion should be straight up illegal. And they were like, they had no real good points about how to move forward. They were talking about how our past governor locked us up two years ago. As far as the economy, which is, mean, right? Is, yeah. Yeah, they were asked about how to fix inflation, and they all kind of didn't really explain what they even knew if inflation was. And when I listened, there was a whole lot of nothing burgers and platitudes. And there was no real substance. They're so like, well, we need to bring jobs back. Well, how are you going to do that? Lower income tax. And it's like, really? Is that what's that what's going to do? And they, they pointed to different states who do that. But it's like there's also states that have more GDP than them with higher income tax. Yeah, so I don't know if that's exactly how it's going to work. Th- th- that's um, going on. That's going on all. That's going on all across the country, right? Like it, it's not. It's not it, like we're, we're using Michigan as, a, as an example because it's where we're from. But I mean, this is this is the kind of stuff that you know Republicans are going to win, and they're going to win pretty handily in twenty twenty two, right? We're, we we're, we admit that you know unless you're based, unless you got your your head buried in the you know the the blue sand as if as I as I like to say uh, there ev- everybody knows this. But they're not they're not going to win based on their merit, right? They're going to win based on the fact the repulsion that, of the Democrats. Exactly. And and the, the 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 lack of any substance to what they do because it's all identity politics bullshit, but here's the problem. 
Republicans, blow it. Republicans are playing the identity politics game too. I mean, it, 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 it completely, it's completely obvious in, for example, the Michigan Republican gubernatorial debates. It was all about election was stolen. We got to lock up our elections. And it was, you know, it was about, you know, abortion, hard line, illegal. That's what we think. And they didn't even answer any questions of, of substance or have any idea of, of, of any way to fix this. So come 2020, I would, yeah, 2023 for, for, for sure. And probably 2024, as much as we've taken shots at the democratic party on this show, it's going to change over. We're going to take the same shots. Oh yeah. 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 It's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm actually interested to see it that, uh, like the Democrats suck. Absolutely. Everything we've said is in good faith. We're not grifting or pandering to anyone. Mm -mm. Uh, but we've we've garnered a lot of uh, people from the right listening to our show because of the fact that uh, we've been shitting on the Democrats. So I'm curious to see where it goes and we start shitting on the Republicans. And I'm not, you know, neither of us are afraid to admit it. I mean, we call it like we see it. It doesn't mean we're always right. But there is something That's to the be said. The whole point of the show. Yeah, there is something to be said for, for calling it like it is and calling it like you see it. Because excuses can always be made. Um. Shall we talk? I didn't want to. Shall we talk about abortion, or do you have anything left to say about this? Uh, no, we don't need to talk about it. Uh, oh, um, that's the Ohio thing. Yeah, I was trying to avoid abortion this week, but uh, it's already here. yeah. But I think it's important because this is uh, this is the direct result of what happens when you put blanket bans and try to oversimplify a very complex situation. So I'm looking at a Guardian article right now. Uh, a ten year old rape victim was forced to travel from Ohio to Indiana for an abortion. She was six weeks pregnant uh, because she didn't know right away because she was fucking 10. So she doesn't even know what, you know, I'm assuming she didn't even know what her cycle was yet. She she probably hadn't even had a period yet. Like that's, (coughs) and she is, I don't say that to be crass. Honestly, I don't say that to be crass. Like that's how young she is. Yeah. 10, 10, 10 years old, raped. And in Ohio, she could not have an abortion. She had to travel to Indiana, which as of right now is okay. But Indiana is actually trying to ban abortions there as well. They're just, they haven't been banned yet. But so like, this is like, the reason I'm bringing this up is because like, we're going to see a lot more of this. And then do you actually, you have the, uh, what's her face? The South Dakota governor video, right? Yeah, Christy Noem uh, from South Dakota was asked, and I, I understand, I wanted to throw up too this is a clip from cnn but occasionally even the worst uh even the worst of them out there do a pretty good job she was being interviewed by dana bash uh from cnn um uh, about that very thing about what you know would you force a 10 year old girl that gets pregnant to uh have an abortion but before i play it or i'm sorry to uh have the baby but before i play it uh I, I can already see what the pushback would be from the pro-life people on this. Oh my God, this is so rare. How often do the, uh, does this happen? However, the pro-life people always want to use, you know, how rare it is for uh, uh, a woman to have a <laughs> medical issue that causes her to have an abortion, or or how right. rare it is for the baby to have a medical issue that causes that that says it should be aborted, which is 
not that fucking rare. Right. Both sides is a single digit statistic or a single digit single digit percentage of like the number of abortions. But to me, to me, but, this is so obvious, right? Like if you're going to say it's about children, if that's if that's the thing, I'll believe you. Right. I'll take that in good faith. Right. For most people. And I feel like a lot of people. And, and th- but this is this is where America is on this issue. Right. What is it? What did we say last week? Like 70, 70 some odd percent or 80 some odd percent of Americans think that abortion should be illegal, at least in certain circumstances. I think this is probably one of those circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like these ridiculously blanket bands, like I was saying earlier, <coughs> is going to really fuck up lives for people. And if we want to talk about being pro-life to save the children. Talk about a fucking line being blurred. And then when you see this person and like, and this is why I think that this needs to be taken out of like government hands and put into situations where it's the individual and their doctor. It's because when you try to oversimplify, (coughs) Jesus, when you try to oversimplify and put these type of bans on people, you get people like the South Dakota governor. Is it Christy Nome? Christy Nome. Yeah having to contort themselves into this situation to where she's damned if she do and she's damned if she don't. If she says that this girl deserves an abortion, then that goes against her hardline stance of being pro-life. Mm-hmm. If she says this girl doesn't deserve an abortion, then it goes against the idea that she doesn't give a fuck about children. And this is why I ultimately think that abortion is between a doctor and an individual. You can be pro-life and be against abortion, sure. Here's but here's the government, you shouldn't need the government to dictate what your opinion is just because it makes you less or more comfortable in your in what, your weird and this little is, bubble. And what you just said, like that's the thing about, you know, from a constitutional perspective, right? From a legal perspective, the argument can be made that the Supreme Court giving this this decision back to the states uh was I don't want to say the right call, but at least it makes some sort of constitutional sense. But now we're we're seeing we're and this is just the beginning. We are seeing the backlash. Like I'm re- rarely am I ever like do I ever take like a big government stance on things, but occasionally there's nuance, right? There's nuance. Normally I'm all for small government. I'm all for giving power to the states. But there are certain exceptions that I'd be willing to make, right? And I think this is one of them. So here's a uh, here's Christy Nome, the uh, governor of South Dakota, uh, absolutely squirming in her seat, uh, trying to answer whether or not she would force a ten year old girl uh, to have a baby uh, with Dana Bash. Star is reporting that a ten year old girl in Ohio who was six weeks and three days pregnant now has to travel across state lines to Indiana to receive an abortion. So. I just mm-hmm. because this is a trigger law that was passed before you became governor, I wanted you to be clear. Will the state of South Dakota going forward force a 10 year old in that very same situation to have a baby? You know, what I think is incredible, Dana, in this tragic story, because I heard about this last night. What's incredible is that nobody's talking about the pervert, horrible right. and deranged individual that raped a 10 year old. And what is it? What are we doing about that? I agree what with are we you. Doing about I, I mean, those of course, that that's that's that that an important discussion you, to have. You. So let's. I'll stop it right there. Textbook deflection. 
right? That's a deflection. And nobody will. That's a whataboutism. Nobody will ever argue that the asshole, the horrible human being that had sex or raped a with uh, raped a ten year old girl. Uh, isn't a piece of shit. Nobody would argue that. Right, that it's like, do we have to shit. say that? Right. Yeah. Like that's that's the foregone conclusion here. But that's the question you decided to answer. You but, raped but children. The, this, that's an issue that the Supreme yeah, Court has weighed in as well. I, listen, I and totally as much understand as we talk that. But about our, what we can do for that little girl, I think we also need to be addressing those sick individuals that do right. this to our children. I t- couldn't agree more. So but this, our, when have we not? <laughs> right. When, when have we ever not addressed those sick individuals that? rape and fuck kids yeah when when did someone when did anybody go oh yeah that's fine but uh, other than like the man boy love club who in the hell is ever was that nambla is that it's uh nambla yeah 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 they can get fucked too our bodies are our bodies and women are the ones who (laughs) uh, who get pregnant and in this case it wasn't a woman it was a girl should she have to have a a child child. a child should she have have that single life Every single life is precious. This tragedy is horrific. I can't even imagine. I've never had anybody in my family or myself gone through anything like this. I can't even imagine. But in South Dakota, the law today is that the abortions are illegal except to save the life of and the mother. And you would be okay with that, and a 10-year-old girl having to have a baby? No, I'm never okay with that. In fact, that story will keep me up at night. It absolutely so will. So will you try to change the law a mother, to have an I'm exception a, a in a situation like this? Got a one- Got a one-year-old little... Just talks. Talks all the way through the question. Granddaughter mm-hmm. named Miss Addie. I can't even imagine. What I would say is I don't believe a tragic situation should be perpetuated by another tragedy. And so there's more that we've got to do to make sure that we really are living a life that says every life is precious, especially innocent lives that have been shattered like that 10-year-old girl. Okay, so what she just said there was that one tragedy shouldn't be perpetuated with another tragedy that's did i hear that correctly that's what she just said yeah so basically she is comparing uh the life of a 6 week old fetus baby whatever the hell you want to call it that is not viable outside of the womb to that of a not ten, viable not conscious to that of a 10 year old little girl yeah, that's whose life is saying. about to be like, think, you know, glad she got it taken care of that whose life would have just been straight, just fucked. And I guess it's interesting when we talk about how politics, like the cognitive dissonance that she's going through right here of trying to pander to her base. But deep down, the way she answers this question, she absolutely agrees that this woman should not. Did you was that? Did you finish the interview? We can watch more of it if you want. There's like two more. I think left. there's like what two minutes left yeah, or something, something like that. Because like yeah. there's a part where she says that like yes, uh, at this that this was this is a decision between her and her doctor or whatever. Oh, yeah, right. and and it's incredibly complicated, and I and I get it, but I guess my question is, given how heartbroken you seem to be about the situation. Maybe the the question is this, because what I keep thinking about is how is a 10 year old girl physically no. probably can't even uh, carry a baby without being never mind emotionally and mentally uh, sort of tormented, but physically hurt. Would you consider that the life of a mother at risk? And I think that's something that, you know, that situation uh, the doctor, the family, the individuals closest to that will make the decisions there for that family. That's what's interesting about the time we live in right now is every state 
We'll have different laws on the books. The decisions will be made by the legislators that are closest to the people. That's appropriate. Mm -hmm. It's the way our Constitution intended. Uh, And I think that South Dakota's laws may look very different than California's, may look very different than New York's, where that governor has said she wants to become a destination known for providing abortions. That's not our story here in South Dakota. Uh, And I think every governor, every state will make very different decisions on what their laws look like. On that note, if Republicans take back Congress in Washington. Would you support a national ban on abortion? You know, we'll see what Congress does and what those discussions are. I've never, Dana, uh, operated. That's what I'm saying. These people, because it's becoming so political. Yeah, go ahead. They're contorting. Like, you can tell, like, the way she answered that question, her personal belief is that that 10-year-old should not carry that baby. Right. Yeah. But she can't say that. But if she wants to keep her constituents happy, she has to pretzel herself tired not into some weird pretzel into answering like she did to where it's like if we just you know made it to where it was just between a woman and her doctor then it wouldn't have they wouldn't have these weird laws that are trying to like stop people to where Sure, like you, know, like oh, okay, all right. Let me let me think how I want to say this. Well, let me let me go and I'll, while while you're thinking of it, because uh, um, Sabanov just just mentioned that rapes only count for about 015 percent of abortions. I don't know that that number is correct, but yes, it is. It is very small. The, the it's problem, fair. It's the, a fair pro- argument, and it is a fair argument. The problem is this: the pro life people want to be so absolutist about how every embryo and every fetus is so important, right? But why is that? 0.15% like this 10-year-old little girl, which is probably an even smaller subset when you're talking about girls that young. If every fetus matters, if every embryo matters, but but this 10 this even if this is the only one, let's just pretend this is the only only 10-year-old girl that this ever happens to again, which it won't be. Why does she not matter? That's the thing. It's like Corey and I have both gone. And, it's and, the absolutism of it. Yes, it's the yeah. absolutism of it. It's just it never. There's there are no circumstances in which you can ever have this this procedure done because every right. life is precious. And so th- that's that's kind of the point of this. And because we're going to see more cases, maybe not this intense when it comes to ten year old girls, but you know right. I could see 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 year old girls, even 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 women in their thirties. Uh, so yeah, it's. You can't be absolute. Right, you know, you get and, to be absolutist about it. If you're pro-life, then you know, so do the pro-choice people. It's yeah, and it's it's easy, you know, like it is. It's something to compare it to. Is like the mandates. You can't be absolutist absolutist about the mandates either. People who had uh, when it comes to the vaccines, people did absolutely have negative effects of the vaccines, and the and the the based on the amount that like uh, we were just talking about, what's her name, Cassidy or whatever. Or Candace or whatever. Candace Taylor. Candace Taylor. Yeah. And she talks about how 4.9 billion people have been given this vaccine. And I bet you the people who had a negative effect to it, it's probably somewhere similar to what it is when it comes to a rape and abortion. And being absolutist about those vaccines that was coming from the left was wrong. And being absolutist about this is wrong. Personal body autonomy, regardless of its abortions, vaccines, fuck tattoos, piercings. It's between that person and their individual body and their doctor. 
and we can vehemently disagree with somebody of what they do to their personal body, sure, that's what America is about. We can scream it from the rooftops. But ultimately, my personal liberties aren't affected by your personal liberties when you are personally doing something to yourself. If you are trying to murder my baby, then yes, fuck you. I have a second amendment to defend me and my baby. When you're trying to do something in your own little thing, in your own little bubble over there, that's between you and God. Or even like, like if, if that's your opinion, you know what I right, mean? Right, right. Again, when it comes to something that's like pro-life. But uh, <clears throat> okay, so at what point does a fetus have? I think at viability, honestly. I think viability. I don't think I honestly, like me personally, my personal views on abortion, I think that... Uh, it shouldn't be used as a contraceptive because of the fact that it's like doing putting a woman's body through that in general isn't the best for them. It's something that like it like especially at 21 weeks, like going in there and having to do all the medical procedures and stuff, you're still damaging that woman. Mm-hmm. But when we really look at the statistics of abortions, as contraceptives have become more effective, as sexual education has become more, you know, available. Abortions have trended down. 92% of abortions is within that six-week time frame anyways. Mm-hmm. When people are having abortions at 21 weeks and stuff like that, like it's typically not like someone who had carried this mass in their body for 21 weeks and then woke up and, well, I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah, it's no, it's, it's, it's typically a medical thing and things like that. And, tw- and, and when you want to get real originalist with our constitution, 21 weeks was what common law was under British law. When we first started our country, it was called the quickening. And it's when a woman could feel a baby kick and she was legally allowed to have an abortion up to that point. Science has changed. Well, and, and we and talked about that in the last episode. Science has changed. But I really don't think we need a government to mandate anything that someone does with their own personal body, because ultimately it opens doors. And what that's ultimately telling us is the government saying, you're too dumb to make this decision for yourself. Well, and the As is- individual citizens, we can absolutely do what we can. If we see a pregnant woman who's considering an abortion, we can try to talk them out of it. We can offer them financial help. We can do everything like that as individuals to help people. But I think ultimately your personal liberties, your personal body, and that there's way too many scenarios and way too many, uh, uh, let me think of the word, um, var- uh, variables to where putting a blanket ban on something or putting some sort of legislation law is just going to hurt people and it's going to do more harm than good. Because ultimately, any law that is made is ultimately enforced by a person with a gun. And now we're going to be talking about, because like, what's the outcome? Like, Let's say, okay, there's a ban. Now we're just going to criminalize women. What's that going to lead to? Uh, that's prohibition. That's going to lead to back alley fucking abortions, just like how we saw when they banned vapes. We saw the uh, amount of children and teenagers smoking cigarettes uptick back up again. Yeah, we're prohibition right doesn't work. And the, the Clinton thing, and people are going to get pissed off at me when I say it, but safe, legal, and rare almost sounds about right. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we yeah. need, to, like, I don't know. It's, it's, Government needs hands off everyone's bodies. And Sabanov just basically said, we've, we've, we've basically said the exact comment which you just made, which is that abortion should never be decided at a federal level. That Roe v. Yep. Wade, and he's right about Roe. Was he's right about Ruth. Even, he's even, right about Ruth. Even Ruth Bader Ginsburg said so. And yeah. Yep. And, it was messy because the ninth and the 14th kind of like counteracted with each other the way the law was written. We're, 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 we're in 100% agreement. And I think one thing that's not talked about nearly enough is, uh, 
when you when you when you're absolutist about it and you say blanket ban, no abortions ever, you're you're taking away a doctor's ability to practice medicine. Practice medicine. Yeah. At that point, just like when you tried to mandate vaccines, you were taking away a doctor's ability to practice medicine. When everyone went after ivermectin, and everyone went after all these different things that doctors were finding that was working in different countries, and you tried to stifle that information, or may, or, or even just maybe working, because we did find out realistically that ivermectin really doesn't work. There was finally yeah, no, like, yeah you're right, you're that. right, but yeah. like it took yeah, no, but you're right, yeah, and it's because <laughs> but the fact that it was demonized so quickly, so quickly, just because it was anything but the vaccine, yeah. it's like, can we get some data on this first? Can we chill out? Right. So like, I have a story when I when I talk about this blanket bands and doing averages and people like that and stuff like that. Exactly. Same with me, sub. Yeah. I am pro vaccine, but I don't think it should be federally mandated. Yeah. I'm, you know, just like when it comes to being like pro choice, being pro choice doesn't make you pro abortion. It makes you pro that person should be able to choose based on their circumstances. I think that nobody's pro abortion. It's never a pleasant experience. I That's mean, not true, dude. You I see mean, some pink hats out there, there screaming some, about their abortion. Do you some- remember that that photo that didn't help the movement at all? Where that lady was like clearly like eight or nine months pregnant on her belly, and it said, "Not a human." And it's like, listen here, but whoa, hold on. I remember going to ultrasounds for my son. Here's the and thing. when my wife's stomach was that big, that was a that was a baby. You're, like, ta- you're, you're talking about the fringes again, like that's you know the Lena, that is a fringe, the Lena yes, exactly. Dunham crazies out there. But like like I said, it's I can't remember what the number we we found last week, but seventy three to eighty some percent of all Americans at want abortion at to be legal at for under some circumstances. Very few yeah, want it for all funny. circumstances, and very few want it for no circumstances. So when I look at somebody like Christy Noam, who won't answer the goddamn question, if she just answers it and says this particular case with this one 10-year-old little girl being allowed to get an abortion, you are giving the fucking populist answer. Like, what are... Why, I don't get it. I don't get why, I mean, the, the numbers bear it out. You don't have to say, oh, I'm pro-abortion now, or I'm, I'm, pro, I'm pro-choice now. You, oh, but she could have answered the question that Dana Bash asked her, which was, should this little girl be forced to have this baby? And the answer right. is, no! It's a simple and answer, it's no! And it's interesting because, like, what, like, you literally, the statistic you just brought up about the 80% of people who think there should be some parameters or whatever... As you were saying that subset, I think abortion could be allowed in some parameters. It should never be used as a contraceptive or after when the fetus could be viable. That's literally what 70% of the yeah. country thinks. Yeah. And it was literally the same in 1970. Like, so the, the opinions on abortion when Roe v. Wade was enacted have literally haven't moved from 1970 to now. And it's so like that's where the argument is that Roe got it right. Because the fact that the opinions on it hasn't changed so much. Mm-hmm. But yet, even though as the opinions haven't changed, as like and like I said earlier, as sexual education has been enhanced, as contraceptives have gotten better, as birth control isn't more uh uh more like available, without federal government, abortions have trended down to where it's almost like we're morally making this decision ourselves as a as a, as citizens of the United States without the government being involved. To where I don't think we need the government involved in this stuff. <laughs> Listen to this guy. 
guys who support abortion do so because they want to hit it and quit it and not have to be responsible if a kid results. It's not for any normal reason, just like guys who call themselves feminists so they can get laid. Dude, it's funny. I, and I laugh because it kind of sounds absurd, but I guarantee you there are guys who go to these feminist movements trying to get laid. So it's funny because he's right. Do you ever see the episode of It's Always Sunny when Dennis does that? He goes to the feminist movements to get laid. Because he's like, yeah, liberal women are loose. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How is- <coughs> you all right over there? But I also think that that's a little bit too of a broad statement. I think it's... I think it's Because I know a joking. lot of women who... Uh, have had who have had uh, and I, I'm sorry I used the word absurd I said it was, I just thought it was a funny statement because it's kind of true but it's also a very broad statement as a as someone who really believes and fundamentally that the government shouldn't be involved in people's lives uh, that it's ultimately up to a woman's choice there's too many variables too many variables for a banquet ban that's ultimately what I that's like exactly I've been right. talking about this now for about 15 minutes there's way too many variables for there to be a blanket ban when there's like, you know what I, like, uh, there's way too many variables for a blanket ban because there's way too many scenarios that fall and slip into the cracks where women are hurt and their lives are literally destroyed. Like this 10 year old that was almost having to bring a baby to full term. I know women who have uh what's that thing when the, when the egg nests in the uh, fallopian tube, uh, it starts with an E. I, I yes, um, Endo- but yeah, like like you know what I mean. There's like sometimes or like, something like that. Yeah, I know. I don't know what it's called, but yeah, like, like there's women who like yeah. It's 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 between a doctor and a woman. I don't think it should be used as a contraceptive. Absolutely, for the sake that like just you're just gonna abuse your body for no reason when you could have used a contraceptive and things like that. And I agree that there are men. I I know guys <laughs> that, that like do this. that. <laughs> but it's it's also I think disingenuous to think that there aren't men who ec- truly ec- disbelieve way, in the Corey, fundamental belief. Ectopic pregnancy and Michelle. Thanks, just, Michelle. Michelle just threw it out there as soon as I found it. Yes, that's, sub, that's sub really and yeah. sub and Michelle did it at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's I get that there probably are guys out there trying to get laid by saying this shit that are doing it in bad faith, but I fundamentally believe that body autonomy is body autonomy. Most of those guys and I'm married and I have a kid. I'm not just out trying to get laid by other chicks. Like I, I'm yeah. sitting at home with a ring and a child. I'm engaged. <laughs> I'm engaged. So we're we're in we're in the same we're in this almost the same boat. So this isn't this isn't a bad faith deal. Um but look, that I mean, I don't know if you have any more to say about this. Basically, the point is these you know, absolutist policies by these states are gonna cause more similar situations like what happened to this ten year old girl. I think. <laughs> Body of time unless it comes to the vaccine. Oh snap. Well that's that's people. That's that's your lipstick liberals, your yeah, coastal hoser, liberals. Hoser, like hoser, you we gotta, also hoser, you you're looking at two people often, who also were anti mandate. <laughs> like we we had a ton of shows talking about that and we celebrated on the show. <laughs> yeah. We're definitely anti mandate. Oh yeah. We forgot about that. <laughs> I don't know that this tracks, Corey. I don't know that this is a really good time to be playing this song. <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was in my head. I'm like, you know what? We celebrated when the mandates were knocked down. Yeah, so that's true. why I played it. 
Oh man! Uh, <laughs> shit! What the hell? I don't even remember what I had next. I, I lost track of where we were going. Uh, oh, we're going to talk about uh, yeah, should Biden and or Trump run again? Polling says no way. Uh, in both no way both circumstances. Corey Corey's got the polling numbers, but honestly, I think if you had good, if Corey's ha- also got a cold. If you have good faith, uh, if you have good faith conversations with just about any even moderately sane American, uh, they don't want either of these two dipshits. So give us the numbers, Corey. Oh, okay. Yeah, let me pull those up right now. I don't know why it took me so so long to say that, but maybe it's the booze. It's the booze. 71, I'm looking at an article from The Hill right now, and the uh, headline is 71% don't want Biden to run for re-election. So this is a poll from a Harvard. Uh, it's a Harvard Harris poll, and they polled, I think, a thousand people from across the spectrum of ideologies, and seventy-one percent of the respondents polled do not think Biden should run for a second term. Now you have to you have to, to you have to realize that that is you know a hundred percent of the Democrats that answered that. Or I'm sorry, a hundred percent of the Republicans, Republicans yeah, yeah. That, that answered that. Yeah. And then uh, Trump got 61% that said he should not run for the White House in 2024. And that's 100% of Democrats that answered that very simple. So you have to take a little bit yeah, of a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, so President Biden may not want to run again, but the voters – or President Biden may want to run again, but the voters say no to the idea of a second term. Panning the job he is doing as – panning the job he is doing as president. Only 30% of the Democrats would even vote for him in a Democratic presidential primary, Mark Penn, co-director of the Harvard Caps-Harris poll survey, said. And then 61% for Biden or for Trump. So we have two people who are about to be running for our president presidency. We think. And the majority thinks that neither of them should run. So what does that mean? What does that mean? Because I mean, you, you have to, you have to. Those numbers are probably a little inflated because there were certain Republicans that answered that poll that would have, all of them would have said no to Biden. Same with Democrats for Trump. But still, those historically are massive. Oh, Jaden, I'm sorry. Massive numbers. Those are those, those are huge numbers. And yeah, that, that's probably what he calls himself in, while he's putting on his wig in the mirror. Um, Happy Fourth, Merry Christmas, and Bojan. Come on, you know the thing. <laughs> But I look at this and I go, this is a perfect opportunity for me. And I and I know some people listening to this are going to roll their eyes and say I'm fucking crazy. But I think this is a perfect opportunity, given the duopoly that we have, that we're not going to be able to change overnight, right? This is a perfect opportunity for a third party. Now, I'm not saying a third party can win the presidency. Let, let, like, let's take a break on that for a second. But when you look at certain election laws, especially in particular states, you only need a certain percentage of the vote to a get in the debates and b end up on state ballots for the next election. So to me that this is the perfect opportunity for a third party to take advantage of the situation. However, here's the issue we have. Corey and I follow the Repu- or the uh, the the libertarian party pretty closely. And what we know is that these third parties for whatever reason have Serious fracturing within them. And oh, Libertarian Party—that's their—that's their mantra. They all hate each other. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've got the Mises caucus taking over recently, and not everybody agrees with the Which Mises might be caucus the best thing for the party. Because it's not woke enough, right? That That's really the issue with the Mises caucus. It's not woke enough. So that's why the other half of libertarians don't like it. The Green Party is an absolute mess, and it has been for at least three election cycles. So... Who's going to be the one that steps up? Is it going to be Andrew Yang's forward party? Honestly, is it going to be Justin Amash and the Libertarians? Mike Pompeo is talking about throwing his hat in the ring, but he'd be in the Republican. He'd probably get trounced. The Republican <laughs> Party, it's a shoe in for Trump. He, if when he's on that debate stage, he just knows how to troll and just make everyone else look like idiots. Wonder if Mises eats Reese's. <laughs> Most of them, yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he uh, Hoser actually mentioned, or I'm sorry, Sub mentioned that Nikki Haley would be great. I heard her name floated around, and then uh, he said DeSantis, which is actually something else I wanted to bring up too. I saw a article from the Hill talking about a DeSantis Gabbard. See, here's the problem. Here, here's the issue I have with DeSantis. To me, he's just a less loud Donald Trump. There, there are, there, there are. How to use Twitter? There are very. He few does lean into the identity politics a lot. Yeah, hundred percent. There are very few differences between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. The biggest difference being that Ron DeSantis is a little bit more. Ca- no, I shouldn't even say he's a lot more calculated in what actually comes out of his mouth. But what's going on up here in his head? Not that much different to me than Donald Trump. But I wonder what he would be like on the national scale. I wonder if he'd be able to shift to pull Democratic votes because he's already such a polarizing figure for the Republican Party. He's he's not going to pull he's not going to pull enough Democratic votes because he's he's because of his his own version of identity politics. Exactly. Yeah, like that's the thing that the Republicans have done to where they fucked up. The Democrats have leaned into identity politics so much that if Republicans just stuck to principle and basic fundamental things of like ideas of a path forward for the country. And that's the frustration. Oh, my God. They would fucking mop the floor with the Democrats. But they have this weird exact opposite of being their identity politics is like we are so against identity politics. But like it's like this identity politic thing in this weird bizarre world. Yeah. So, I mean, look, it's to me, it's really, really simple. For, for the Republicans, at least to me. And I'm just one idiot. I'm just one intellectual idiot. To me, all you have to do is stop with the voter fraud shit. You have to start encouraging people to vote rather than stopping people from voting, right? Because Republicans, historically, they've just struggled to win the popular vote, right? In fact, um, who's the last Republican president to win the popular vote? Did Bush? Yeah, win? they're Did really Bush good at using... The districts properly and the electoral college. And that's okay. Like I'm not one of those people that like shits on. The yeah, we're pro college. EC. Yeah, it's just yeah, that's just what they do. But the, but the thing is, like, all you have to do is just back away from the identity politics, encourage more people to vote. Right? You've already won, and we and we know this because we live here, Corey. Donald Trump was able to win the Midwest because this is a blue collar area of the country that felt. That has been fucking sold out by the Democrats. Disenfranchised and abandoned by the Democrats. And so you 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 have to, if the Republican Party could just look at that and just see that and, and stop trying they to- They would just fucking stomp the floor, dude. Shrink, You're right. They, they're, I mean, they shrink their own base sometimes when they do that shit. And it's, it's, it's super frustrating because I've, 
10 years ago when I would when I probably would have been part of the woke mob, right? If I was 10 years younger than I am today, I, I would have never even dreamed of even considering voting for a Republican. But even in the last cycle, 2016, I looked at John Kasich and I was like, eh, he's a little too wishy, <laughs> that guy, a little too yeah. wishy-washy, a little too moderate, but I like it. You know, I, I probably would have voted for him had he been on the ticket. Versus Clinton. Absolutely. It's super it's super frustrating. It's so funny too how like we've uh evolved in our uh political like ideologies because like I was such a Bernie supporter in 2016 before I realized how spineless he was. Who was oh Bernie? Yeah, in sixteen. Yeah, before he cucked out to the to the establishment Democrats, just like the rest yeah, of the Yeah, he talked about how he how the establishment's terrible and then cucked out and like followed the establishment oh, two we, times. Well, we just gotta we just got to go. They literally stole his election in the primaries when the emails got leaked and he just shut the fuck up about it. But we can't let Donald Trump flood this country anymore. Jesus. And and Biden was so happy that Bernie wasn't running in 2024 that he had him over for dinner. <laughs> Did you hear about that? Joel, it's a good friend of mine. Believes Joel's a great friend of mine. He believes in Medicare for all. He's not going to do it for you, but he says he believes in it. That's Bernie Sanders. That's what he turned out to be. Right. So what do you think about a Tulsi, uh, or actually it'd be a DeSantis Gabbard ticket? You think that would beat, Ber- I think, I think honestly that would wipe the floor with Biden. If things stay the way they are now, I think you could, I think the Republicans could run a wet rag and, and beat Joe Biden. I, so yeah, I, I think they, I think, I think a DeSantis Gabbard ticket would win. I have my qualms with Tulsi Gabbard these days. I know you got a poster of her, the, the, her not of her, <laughs> but you got her uh, her campaign poster behind you. Aloha, Corey Tulsi. Yeah, I volunteered <laughs> for her campaign. But like, she's she's just she's just leaned in way too hard to the Into the, to the, the anti woke political the identity politics. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, she's hurt she's hurt me a little bit because like she was like. She was a breath of fresh air, like completely against that type of shit in 2020. And now she's getting into it a little bit more. And uh, we have a conversation going on in the, the, the things about Trump right now is uh, talking about what he said on the, on the train or on the bus. And it's interesting when you think about it, actually now four years away, like I remember hearing that and thinking it was absolutely repulsive. Mm-hmm. But it was behind closed doors, technically. But still, that's that's not something that, even if someone thinks that, like, just like you said, it's, it's a rock star thing. I wouldn't want fucking Mick Jagger running the presidency either, even though I'm sure he had plenty of women just let it, just opening his legs for them, and he probably bragged about it and stuff. Sure, yeah. Regardless of who he is in, in those terms. I don't know. Like the, I, I, I'm the thing that's crazy about that is you know like uh, I can't remember who it was. It was probably Fox News. I can't remember who it was. It's not immediately clear to me. It's not immediately clear to me whether it's or not. It's not immediately clear to me. <laughs> uh, no, I like I like Jordan. He has some good things to say. Yeah. So that's like you know you know what since my you're issue, a new listener, on, you'll hear on. us. You want to know what my issue is with Jordan Peterson right now? He joined the Daily Wire. I mean, that's, that's did he join the Jimmy? Yeah, Wire? that's cucking out a little bit. That's and and I have I have respect for 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 uh, what's his nuts? The why am I blanking on on Ben Shapiro? Shapiro? Uh, but I don't like the guy. Got respect for him. Don't like him. I wish Jordan Peterson had kind of yeah. So away our from our, the Daily Wire. our, uh, our qualms, the Daily Wire is they're too smart. Mm. 
all those guys, they have this really smart group over there that just, they know what they're doing. They know that they're leaning into the identity fear mongering conservatives. Yeah, they're, they're, they're trying to, but Jordan them. Peterson actually has a pretty decent podcast. Okay. He, uh, he Agreed. has some good conversations and Jose Tulsi is definitely easy on the eyes. I'm not going to lie. Is, she's uh, I actually, I actually talked to my fiance about this a couple years ago. Did you know that Tulsi Gabbard is my hall pass? Is she? <laughs> yeah. She's very, very pass. nice. She's my hall pass. Shit, man. A surfer, an MMA fighter, <laughs> anti-war. <sighs> what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, I don't know. We get distracted it? by the comments sometimes. But uh, I was just asking you. So Biden, 71% of the country does not think Biden should run for president. Well, I mean, it's 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 honestly it's, it's how much different is Trump and Biden as far as polling numbers saying no? How much different is it than the fucking abortion polls, dude? And yet nobody with any power actually listens to what the American people want. No, because they have too much power. They can stifle. They can just, you know, like I just shared a meme the other day. It was an it was a picture from an AEW uh, wrestling match and it showed two guys kissing one guy who was choking out another guy and it said democrats republicans oligarchy you and you were the one being choked and that's literally what it is they're both in cahoots together man <laughs> like for example so for example here in michigan when the flint water crisis happened sure we had a <clears throat> we had a republican governor but the money that came to the city to transfer from the GLRI, the Great Lakes Water, or GLW, Great Lakes Water, and switch to the Flint River was money that was funded by a bond from J.P. Morgan when the city itself wasn't even allowed to get fucking loans because they were faulty because it had such a bad credit rating. But Biden allowed it. And then you had a Republican, Shooty, who was about to prosecute other Republicans which was Snyder, uh, his city manager who was in Flint and Detroit. And then we had two Democrats come in, Dana Nessel and Whitmer. And they completely nixed that investigation. And now nothing's going to happen from it because they know that it's going to lead up the chain to their old boss. And that's the perfect example of how the two parties constantly work together against bullshit. And it's, you have to, and it's insane how you have to dig so deep into all of this shit to even see the connections. And that's because that, that the mainstream media will not talk about that. The thing is, like you, you don't, you don't really have to dig that deep. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, you just have to do your due diligence. You don't have to dig that deep to to, to find this stuff out. I mean, this isn't the first. You know, this isn't the only. Uh, situation in which that happened it's just uh it's it's close to home for us so yeah flint water by the way flint really still doesn't have clean water as long as anybody cares uh hosier you can send a link or probably not can open it up right now uh we usually have a set amount of things we like to talk about and uh but we can if you absolutely want to send us a link we can read it and then if it's <coughs> if it's something we find interesting it can work into the show then uh we might talk about it the next episode 100%. In fact, we probably got to move on from this discussion. Um, I don't even remember what else we had. It's probably, uh, it's right here in the, the student loan forgiveness plan. Oh, that's right. We were going to lead right into Biden's uh, student loan uh, quote-unquote quote, forgiveness plan. 
fitness <coughs> plan. Now you know you know a little bit more about this, but what my basic conclusion was was that it's just going to be more kicking the can down the road. <laughs> it's literally kicking the can down the road. Like so, they had this plan to help uh, help a bunch of people who were because like so. When it comes to student loans, that's a very hot topic. A lot of people say you took the loan out, pay it back. And it's a very simplified statement. But when you really think about it, we have a generation that we're a part of that we grew up being told, go to college, go to college, go to college by anybody we looked up to, whether it was politicians, teachers, sports athletes, parents, anybody, the random man you meet at the church. They all say, go to college, go to college. It's worth it. Well, a lot of people couldn't afford it. So they took out student loans. And these student loans led into hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. And we have these young kids who have no idea about finances because they didn't have any schooling of it. And they literally just got exorbitant in these loans that are the size of mortgages and then like house mortgages. And then it led to jobs that didn't pay nearly enough. So we have a whole generation. We have the highest educated generation in history in our country. And so many of them are drowning in debt that they can't buy houses or cars or anything. And it was, it was a predatory loan because they used private companies like Sally Mae and Fannie Mae. And you have all these private colleges who would just say, oh yeah, you can afford it. Just come on in. And then now you have a bunch of people that are under student loans. They had no idea what finances were. And so Biden is actually trying to solve that problem, which I think is an ace in the pocket to where if you freed up, like if we come to a recession, you want to free up a bunch of people with, you want to free up a bunch of people's wallets. It's a really good ace in the hole to say, well, guess what? You're not crippled by all this debt anymore. So I'm like, I'm on the fence saying that it might be worth it. But what pisses me off is the fact that they're saying, they, oh, we want to work on this. The fucker's been president for two fucking years. <laughs> and now, in a statement unveiling the proposed expansion of student loan discharge programs, the Department of Education said it expected to finalize a full plan by November 1st, with the aim to have changes take effect no later than July 1st. So you fucking know the Democrats are going to use this as a carrot on a stick like they did with abortion for the last 50 years. They're, Come on, please, bro. Please, bro. Vote for us. Please. Please. We'll take care of your student loan debt. <laughs> that, carrot, right? that carrot on a stick, by the way, you're also running on a treadmill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you ain't exactly. ever, ever going to catch that carrot and they're going to continue to back it further and further away from you. But they're going to bring it just close enough to your face to where you to where you will give them their vote. I mean, look, this is I don't really have a ton to say about this other than the fact that I, I think it's pretty obvious by now that college for the most part is a scam. I mean, it really is at this point. And I don't know how you can not. It doesn't mean everybody that goes to college ends up fucked. A lot of people end up extraordinarily successful, but I mean, come on a hundred thousand dollars and you can't figure out what your major is and you go into fucking philosophy. I mean, or, or liberal arts or whatever it is. You look, you look really intense over there, Corey. Oh, no, right nice. Right nice just said, he goes, uh, you're bored. He's like, it says, it says, conservative happy new year. Did you write that on new year's? Did you? said, Yeah. Still says happy new year. I don't think that board's ever been in your screen before. You got your camera. It's always there. Oh, I don't know. 
I'm here talking to him every That's fucking funny. show, and I can't. I didn't. I didn't know it was there. You should change that. It just says conservative. Happy New Year. You should do the. You should do the uh, Woody Page thing and change that every once in a while. Just draw a Probably dick should. on it. See if anybody notices. It took eight months, seven months for someone to realize it said Happy New Year. <laughs> oh, that's uh, funny. Uh, yeah. So this isn't going to go through. We know this. Yeah, it's probably not. But honestly, I think it is an ace in the hole that could. It's that's that's something that wiping that debt, that trillions of dollars, I think is an ace in a hole to fight a recession. That's my stance on it. Happy New Year, bright nights. This is how uh, this is how Aubrey feels about uh, university. She has a university degree and equipped her to. <laughs> It equipped me to ask, do you want fries with that in multiple languages? That's, that's just that's just how that's how a lot of people feel. And and Corey and I were were I mean luckily we did it because it, it helped us get to where we are today, but we were duped by a for profit uh, school. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like what we're doing right now, we definitely didn't need a degree to do. Hundred percent we did not. We didn't even we didn't need a goofy certification uh for that. But like, from a school that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it does not exist anymore. It that's exactly right. It does not exist anymore. <coughs> anyway, I need to update my resume because when it says Specs Howard School of Broadcast Arts on it, they go, What is that? I'm like, well, it was a school. It was a school. We uh it was a we school. We got really fucking stoned and sat in front of a microphone for eight hours. It was fantastic. Ten uh, years later, I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't really need to pay that money. Yeah, what the fuck? Uh, I'm saying we're, we're getting a little long in the tooth here, Corey. I'm thinking we got two things left that really that we could talk about. We can uh, the other we can save for next week. Do you want to talk about January sixth credit January sixth committee's credibility or uh, red flag laws already not working? It's up to you, man. I don't know if anybody in the comments has a suggestion. We can do either one of those. I would suggest we do. Eh, I think it's more relevant to talk about the red flag laws. I think it's a little more. Yeah, it could be another tragedy. Immediate, right? So, uh, the red flag laws that were already in place in Illinois supposedly could have and should have stopped the Fourth of July Highland Park shooter. So why didn't they, Corey? Yeah, and so this is why I say that, oh, you already have it up. I just hit it and then brought it back up. Um, So last week we talked about the gun control stuff that they're bringing out, right? And I said some of it, like, understands it it can be constitutionally backed because of the fact that they're just bringing a lot of laws for long-arm rifles onto the same uh, playing field as pistols. And as a CPL owner, it's like, okay, that makes sense. But I was vehemently against red flag laws because I think that they can be abused and that I think our court system is too slow and too inefficient that when it comes to uh, red flag laws themselves, I think that they're completely just ineffective as evidenced by Buffalo and now Highland Park, Illinois. Two people who have had situations where they've had police at their houses because of domestic abuse, domestic violence disputes, suicide uh, things where one of the guys had to have knives taken away, violent outbursts, um, verbally assaulting people, threatening their lives, and 
everybody knew this shit was happening. And then after every single time, people are like, oh, why didn't anyone say anything? And so we're talking about two states that have red flag laws that have had very, very tragic outcomes to where red flag laws could have stopped it. But I think the ineffectivity of the actual judicial system doesn't allow something that's on paper that sounds great actually work. And though, and this is goes still why I'm absolutely against red flag laws, because even though when it's ineffective in situations where it should have been effective, it's going to be very effective in disputes where someone is just like, someone's pissed off at someone and trying to fuck someone over Mm because people are vindictive. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at this and I go, um, if these red flag laws in Illinois and we're this and we're and we're we're not even at a, like a national level yet, right? We're only at a state level at this point. If if this guy's already had two encounters with police, uh he attempted a suicide, and the red and these red flag laws are supposed to prevent him from having a gun based on those two incidents alone, and they didn't. How in the hell are you going to enforce a national red flag law? Yeah, exactly. In national or not, for like so. For example, I have this little list here. Authorities say sus- so. Authorities say the suspect was known to the FBI in Buffalo in 2022, in Boulder, Colorado, in 2021, Parkland Springs, Florida, in 2018, Sutherland Springs, Texas, 2017, Las Vegas, in 2017, Orlando, Florida, in 2016. San Bernardino in 2015 and Boston, Massachusetts in 2013. And one was a bombing. The other ones were shootings. One was an extremely mass shooting, which is funny because actually it was under president Trump and he did one of the biggest sweeps on gun bans of any president since the nineties and red flag laws is to me, it's like socialism or pure libertarianism where it sounds great on paper right right but when enacted it just doesn't work i was gonna i was gonna say the same thing like you look at you i mean even go past socialism and go to communism right you look you look at this shit on paper oh everybody gets an equal share wow that sounds fantastic until you actually put it into practice and it right and it absolutely doesn't work because newsflash pure libertarianism leads to bread lines mm. and pure socialism leads to bread lines <laughs> as evidenced by during the twenties in all of Europe and here in the twenties during a pure capitalist society, when we had children working in factories and we had people in breadlines, they were called Bolsheviks back then, Corey, you get your lingo correct back in the twenties. It is obvious Homeland security and the police do not know how to effectively protect their citizens. A hundred percent. That was that one's going on the screen. That that was actually going to be my next point. Uh, This one coming from sub you, you, you kind of read my mind on this one. Um, it, it, because what this is going to lead to is it's going to be, oh, wow, this, so this this particular set of red flag laws, honestly, I don't even know what they are. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's What it's going to lead to is, wow, those didn't work. We should probably have more of Try them. harder. Should, yeah, exactly. We should and probably it, make it, them more strict. That'll stop them from getting guns. And I'm someone who honestly, like uh, he mentioned something about uh, mental health. You can't chase any mental health issue and find them. I honestly believe that what we're seeing is a cultivation of a broken society 
and that everyone, like a lot of Republicans tried to just go, oh, it's a mental health issue, mm-hmm. but then they don't do anything about it. We are now a generation, Dan, to where we saw 3,000 people die in live TV. We have a, like on 9-11, we have mm-hmm. a cultural trauma, like a societal trauma from that. As 33-year-olds, we have now, we are now dipping into our third recession, fourth, 2000s, 2008. There was a big dip during the COVID, and now we're falling into an outcome of that one. Um, we have people working way more hours for way less pay. It's almost like the future. If- the future for us doesn't look like what it did seventy years ago, to where everyone looked like there was a bright future for their children. Yeah, and I'm not even talking about mental health, right? It's like it almost seems like if everybody were just happier, <laughs> less people right. would want to shoot other people. For any reason whatsoever. Yeah, weird, and that's just it? it. And it's like, and I'm not just saying this to try to like deflect <coughs> from uh, from the idea that I want to try to attack guns or whatever. We just sent forty billion fucking dollars to Ukraine, and that breaks down to about three hundred thousand dollars of school. Imagine what they could do with that to like secure doors. Have mental health issues. I have mental health therapists at the schools and stuff like that. Like we need to really, really tackle this issue for adults and kids. People are broken. There is something that's leading people to the point where they feel like they can't be heard, and that the only thing they can do to make gain some sort of infamy is causing damage and pain and harm to other people. Well, I mean that's I mean that's the part that's up to us. I mean we're seeing we're seeing the American people slowly wake up. Right. I mean, we're because the, the polling numbers that you read about Biden and Trump, I mean, that, to me, that's just the dead giveaway right there. Right. And, and it's 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 we, we have our politicians and we have our est- establishments turning us against each other. Oh, it's your neighbor's fault. You know, it's the guy. It's right. the guy next door. He didn't get a vaccine. He didn't wear a mask. He's the enemy. Or, you know, he believes uh, uh, he believe, you know, he believes he should have the right to bear arms. See, he's he's the bad guy over there. That's. That's the issue. But the good news is, and why I'm hopeful, is that we see people waking up to this. I think we see more more and more people waking up to this every single day. I think we see more and more people questioning their political affiliation. I think we see more and more people going, wow, maybe I should demand a little bit better uh, out of my local politicians, my state politicians, for sure, because you have a lot more... um, control over that and then and that's what's so tricky yeah. about it is because like the supreme court is like pushing that at everyone yeah making so- everyone focus on their localities and stuff like that and i think honestly that that might actually ultimately be good for the country yeah i mean th- 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 it's th- gonna lower the temperature the supreme court decisions whether you're talking about roe or any of the other ones we talked about last week on supreme court week some of them we agree with some of them we disagree with but the positive that that does come out of that is it, it is it is pushing things back more locally, which I think I I like. I think most libertarians like. When it's more local, you have more power. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, you do. I like things to be as decentralized as possible, personally. Bottom up, baby, and more and more people are. Realizing- the the two thousand eight collapse wouldn't have happened if there was eighty banks donating money or uh, issuing money instead of four. Let's be honest. You know what I mean? Like if four banks failed out of eighty, it would have been like, "Ooh, that's a hit." Ooh, yeah, that's ooh. But when four banks out of four fail, we have a twelve percent inflate. We have a twelve percent uh, fucking uh, unemployment rate, and millions of people lose their homes. And dude, yeah, see, so 
so sub make sure you follow and subscribe to the page because i feel like you're gonna like a lot of our conversations he says liberals define anyone who has a different idea from them is either racist or fascist it only shows their ignorance their suppression of free thought is actually fascist the irony yeah and it, and it goes the other way <laughs> i am called antifa <laughs> because i don't like fascists so i'm gonna be a fascist <laughs> And can, and can, but that's the thing is like conservatives have an opportunity to like brush that aside, but they don't. They they decide to play into it as well and call anybody who's might have a, a leftist view on anything a, a a baby killer and a communist, right? I mean, it, it's not it's it's not. I mean, it, it it's not set to just one side. They both do it. No, it's not set to one side, but it's literally what he just said is what's pushed us more towards the middle. Yes, and well, and that's true because I do. Th- it, we and we've talked about this before, where a lot of the media is liberal, a lot of the um, you know uh, uh, Hollywood obviously is liberal, so we see a lot more of that. But the pushback against that, I don't think, should just be the opposite of whatever that side says. If, if that makes sense, I don't know if I articulated that well, but. Yes, the, the, the liberal version of identity politics is a hell of a lot more visible in our everyday lives, and we have talked about that before. And it's a, so it can seem a little bit more annoying. Yeah. Um, should we talk about the January 6th committee just can't stop losing credibility, or you want to save that for next week? Uh, I think we got a little bit of time. I don't because okay. I don't think we have to talk about this for very long because you you were you were mentioning what's that what's that Rod's name Cassidy. Uh, Cassidy Hutchinson. Cassidy Hutchinson. Yeah. So look, the if you if you look at like Occupy Democrats or any of those other crazy establishment Democrat publications, you would think that Cassidy Hutchinson's uh, testimony about supposedly Trump trying to take she was the one that said Trump tried to take the wheel of the limo, right? It was hearsay in a hearing yeah. under oath. And like, so the reason why I think they lost their credibility, because there were certain things brought up. Like, yeah. I'm very concerned of how we have a sitting Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas's wife trying to overturn an election and things like that. And I'm 100% against that. Mm-hmm. But this January 6th was, for the most part, was about things that we already knew that happened. It was no insurrection. It was a riot, just like what happened the summer before. Um, But... When they started, finally started to get into some meat and create some things, talk talking about some of this stuff and like really debunking a lot of a lot of things, they bring in homegirl Cassidy Hutchinson <laughs> and didn't cross reference her what her she had to say or anything, and they played it as like fact when she said, "Yeah, Trump tried to reach. He was in a limo and he tried to reach to the driver Take and grab me to the, the steering wheel." Take me to the Capitol. And he's, yeah, and it's just like, give me a goddamn break. Because um, all the Secret Service is like, yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> and it was literally Trump derangement syndrome. Yeah. Wrapping its little hands around the proverbial throat. But they, that's the thing is, like, they just, they just keep, it, it drives me nuts because they just keep doing this shit. Right? It's January 6th and what actually happened. And we know, you know, you know, what degree you want to say Trump was responsible for it. I think most people that aren't like jerking off on their MAGA hat will, will mostly say that Trump has bears some responsibility for what happened that day just based on the things that he says. But you, I think you and I are both in agreement, Corey, is that it's going to be very, very hard to prove that he had any direct involvement. Right. It's on the same plane, you know, as all of the politicians who were out there during the George Floyd protests, 
which we also agree that Derek Chauvin is a murderer. Yes, we do. And when those protests were happening and all those people were surrounding the White House talking about wanting to get in there and get the president to the point where the president had to go hide in a bunker. He had to go and seek shelter just like they did in the Capitol. And if there wasn't a big fence and barrier around the White House, they might have made it inside. And now, what's the difference of that in January 6th? Your ideology, your personal opinion on how you feel, the culture and the environment, not the environment, but like the uh, how you see what the landscape is in America. That's the only difference. Why does that one not get the same type of scrutiny that this one does? Because Orange Man bad? Because Orange Man bad. That's exactly right. And look, and, and that's that's the other. And thing. I, again, fuck Trump. I don't like him. No, but that's that's the other thing. That's the other thing about January sixth, and, and and we're both in agreement on this, Corey, is that what happened that day and and how he failed to act is is an indictment on him, and I think it proves he's unfit to, to be in office. Like why? Right, but it's why not like he. Why can't that just be enough? Why do you right. have to go out and be like? Oh, this is the smoking gun, which they've been saying since fucking 2016, and every single Col- time it's not there. It's not there. It's it, it's guys. It's just not there. Why can't it just be good enough that he's unfit to lead, and we let the American people decide that he's unfit to lead? Because if you would have played this the right way, that might be where we are. You might have been able to convince a couple of those wavering MAGA people there at, at 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 that point in time that maybe this isn't your best guy, but all you did yeah, was, was push them back in that direction. I fucking hate it. Yeah, oh, it's frustrating that political identities that goes just like uh after the election process here in Michigan when half the half the state was like, well this is weird and our governor goes, no, the election process is fine. They throw him a goddamn bone. You know, like we like is the election process perfect perfect? No. Would, do we think there was some crazy theft of an election when there was a million hands in the pots and there's still no evidence of it? No. But I'm always 100% down to make it more secure. Mm-hmm. And why can't you just say that? Yeah, it's not that hard. But it's always, you always got to take it. You always got to turn that fucking amp, amp, amplifier dial up to 11 on everything. Yeah, so police in our country need more training and more money. And what we have now is an absolute mess, as evidenced by the Derek Chavon product thing. And like you said, he's a product of a police department that has a toxic culture over a long period of time. I think, and that is something that is on an exponential scale all across the country. I think that's a good a good time to to tell Sub and the rest of our listeners to uh, go check out the uh, podcast that just dropped today that we did our interview with uh, Tristan Taylor from Detroit will breathe. A big part of that conversation was about policing in this country and about um, how that needs to change. And Corey and I have some disagreements with Tristan as, as far as what the solution is. But I think the important part about that, Corey, is that we all agreed that some, that it does need to change. And I think that's where the yes. conversation needs to start. So go check exactly. out our, our interview with Tristan Taylor from Detroit Will Breathe. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show. Yeah. We are on all us. of your social media and podcast platforms. You can find us on live at on Facebook at Libservative. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Libservative Pod. You can find our transcripts to our monologues, which we did not read tonight because neither of us wrote one. Mm. On Libservative Podcast at WordPress.com. You can reach our page. Our actual website is uh Libservative Podcast at podpage.com. You can reach us directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Like, follow, and share. If you like the show, tell a friend. 
and then you guys he can listen and you guys have something to talk about mm, yeah gotta have something to talk about but until next something time to talk about this has been two white guys mansplaining <laughs> <laughs> uh, this has been the observative he's been Corey walsh and he has been dan griffin until next time we are out of here We the people cannot stand that.